Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. I am Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant. Hey, hey. Yeah. Back with another episode of... I mean, I don't know what to call this, Heather, but, you know, inspired by ridiculous radio guy, investment <laughs> radio guy, inspired by ridiculous <laughs> radio guy. What is that? Inspired by radio Iber. guy. It's another Iber <laughs> episode. I They're don't fun. We don't, we don't even really have to like get an idea together of what we're going to talk about when we do these because it's so easy. This guy and just like, and, and, you know, here's the thing is that I'm, you know, we kind of, we, we like, we love real estate, right? I mean, that, that, the investment vehicle, and we don't hide that we do. I just yeah. think it's comical when people actually hide their, their agenda, right? I, I have an agenda. It's to show you guys that real estate's pretty damn good, right? <laughs> I also say I am not an authority on stocks, and I certainly wouldn't play that I'm one, but stocks are an investment. Yeah. I mean, they are an investment. Clearly, yeah. Clearly an investment. Clearly an investment. So this joker is like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so I'm driving around the car. Now, I, I, I never listen to the radio. I don't understand what... I think I took my wife's car and it was on the radio and it was on this channel. And this dude pops up again. So this is like the second time this has happened. He's only on at certain times too. And I don't even know when they are, but I just luck out and, and get to hear these huh. super intelligent... Same things. guy. Same guy. Same dude. And I'm not outing him, okay, because <clears throat> that's just wrong to out somebody who's trying, you know, because he probably gets, he could probably get some business from his radio show that he pays for his time and stuff. I mean, it says that it's, it's like an advert, it's in like an advertisement thing, right? Which is cool. Yeah. I'm fine with that too. I'm, I'm kind of making light of it at the same time. I think, you know, good for him because I paid for seminars. It's the same thing. He's just paying yeah. for a seminar on the radio. Yeah. That said, if you're going to say things, it's kind of important that you say things that are, I don't know, what's the word? Accurate. Accurate or, <laughs> yeah, intelligent. And not everything he says is not intelligent. He's, he's an intelligent guy. But I just, I, this kind of thing irks me. Anyway, so he gets on. And the reason this irks me is because there's a lot of financial planners out there. They're the minority, but there's still a lot of them out there that understand that real estate is a really good investment and they don't tell their clients not to do it. Like I wouldn't tell any of our clients, just sell all of your stock and don't put money in the stock market anymore. Yeah, ever. I mean, that's ignorant on a level that I can't stomach, right? Yeah. Now, personally, I don't own stocks because I don't understand it. Yeah. If I spent the time to go and understand it and I wanted to invest in that, then that's fine. I think if you don't understand it, then you're just gambling, right? Like if, if it's just an investment that you, I was reading a uh, rich, rich dad, poor dad this morning. And it was saying, you know, if you're, if you're going to invest in something and just pray that it works out, then you didn't, you weren't smart, right? You've got to understand what you're doing, what you're investing in. Yeah. And that leads us to investment guys comment, right? So <clears throat> investment guy is trying to explain to people how he does a plan for them, right? 
Yeah. Which is at least he does that. I mean, that's, that's good. Cause a lot of these guys don't even do that. They just sell you something. Right. So radio guy goes, okay. So the first thing we do is we take into account social security and he goes on a big diatribe about social security and when you should take it, which I think is, is a lot uh, that's laudable because there's yeah. different things that happen when you take your social security at different ages and all that kind of good stuff. Right. So he goes through a little bit of a diatribe about that. Then he says, Hey, then we got to like include pensions and retirement funds from your job. Mm. And then and then he kind of off the cuff, he says, so he rolls all this together, right? So first you do social security and then you do pensions. And then if you have a rental property, that's great. That'll help. And then, but ultimately it's your investments that will make it so that you can retire. <laughs> now, now, now maybe it's just because it's a little offensive to me that he didn't include, I mean, all he would have had to do was change his sentence up and make it, you know, intelligent and not offensive to a guy like me. Yeah. And what, what should be offensive to everybody else on the planet is, you know, pensions and then your rental property investments and then your other investments, right? The ones that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. But he didn't do that. He's like, yeah, and your rental property and that'll help a little bit. And then your investment, ultimately your investments will make it so that you can retire. Now, so I'm, what I'm trying to, and I, I, I should call in one of these in days, just ask him like... <laughs> I just want to know what the hell the definition of a rental property is. That's, I just, I'd like maybe, is it, because obviously it's not an investment, so I'm not sure what it is at this point. You know, what, what should we call it? Yeah. Well, I mean, an investment is when you're investing money for profit, right? So if it's, if a rental property is not that, then what are you doing? Just like out of the goodness of your heart, letting, giving someone a place to live. And here's the, (laughs) so here's the rub, right? Here's the rub. There is a misconception. I know we've been over this a million times. Just indulge me because the dude pissed me off. And so now I have to talk about it because this is my only outlet for me to actually (laughs) go through this, right? So the problem with this is, is that there's a fundamental lack of understanding of what a rental property should actually do. Because in the stock world, you have yield, yield or gain. That's all you have because most people don't buy dividend producing stocks. And even if you do, nobody actually takes the dividend. It goes back into the thing. You just count it as part of your return, right? So it's all just a gain. Yeah. Well, the, the challenge is that in, with a rental property, it doesn't perform the same way. It's entirely different. Where if you just look at the gain from the property and then you take into account that around here, you know, where I live, the real estate's pretty expensive. Unless yeah. you get out into the hinterlands, it's pretty expensive. It's harder to make properties cash flow. And so I think everybody, in and in a lot of, you know, I think in, a, in the majority of the country, just people think that if you buy a rental property, you buy it because it goes up in value. Yeah. I hear that a lot from people that that's, that's why you own rental property. And it's just one of four reasons why you own rental property and, and a minor one. <laughs> and, I mean, it could be, it could be a game changer for you. So let's be honest. If you get some really good appreciation on a property, that is a, that is a game changer, you yeah. know, and we've, we've talked about this before about our clients who get to do 1031 exchanges with massive amounts of money because they bought and the properties went up in value. Mm-hmm. Right. And and then what they do is they're, they're able to double down or triple down on whatever their, their cash flow is, mm-hmm. but that's an aside that happens. If the market gives us the gift of appreciation, it doesn't necessarily happen all the time. And as a matter of fact, sometimes it flatlines and sometimes it goes down just like the stock market. 
And if you're a stock guy, investment dude, like, like this, like guy, like this guy is, you just assume that's what assets do. That's what your, your, your investments do. Right. And he doesn't understand that there are four returns, three of them that happen in spite of what the actual market value of the property is or does. And that's the problem with these jokers, right? And it would be nice if they would just wake up someday and go, hey, the, these, this isn't like a, a nice little thing that you might have. It's, it's an investment as a part of your portfolio. When we talk to our clients, Heather, we don't say your stock account is this little thing that sits over here. Yeah. And yeah. it's just a, I mean, it's, it's kind of an annoyance if you have it, but your <laughs> real estate investments are the only ones that are gonna make it so you retire. Yeah, I usually say, well, how's it performing? You know, and lately for the last several years, it's been all oh, great. You know, my stock account's doing great. So not, not necessarily since COVID-19, but still, I mean, I, I don't like dog on their stock investments and tell them they're a bad investment. So no, nor would I say at this point in the game, would I say to sell them yeah. and lock in all of your losses, right? I, so this is the thing that that just if you're if you're a person who's supposed to help people manage their wealth, if you're a wealth management person, right? That's your gig. Then it should at least beg of you to be knowledgeable enough to know that one thing is an investment or isn't an investment. I mean, that should be like the 101 class. I would think. I would think. Well, I think it, I know that about stocks and I'm not a stock guy. Yeah. I also know enough to know about stocks to know that if I sell when the market crashes 30%, that I'm locking in my losses at that point if I sell and thus losing the 30%. For sure, I'm going to lose it. Yeah, it's that self-interested sales model, you know, that it's all about what's going to make me money. And so if I'm not going to make any money telling my clients to go buy real estate, then I'm going to dog on it and say that it's not really an investment just might help you a little bit. <laughs> Here, yeah, but here's the problem with that. Intelligent people see past that. You know, mm -hmm. if an intelligent person sits down across from either one of us and we have the audacity to tell them that the stock market is a horrible place to invest when they've when they've got half a million dollars that they've made sitting in their stock account, they're going to think that I'm an uneducated moron because mm -hmm. obviously they've made money in the stock market. Now, Maybe I could show them that real estate performs better than the stock market. Pretty damn sure I could do that. But <laughs> does that make it so you shouldn't have any stocks? Does it make it so you shouldn't have any life insurance products? Does it make it so you you know you shouldn't have any other assets outside of the the two that we've just talked about? No, I mean there's some really cool oil and gas things going on right now that give massive tax benefits. You know, there's some really creative cool things out there that you can do that if you get educated about, crush the stock market and are really good rivals with real estate. And if someone asked me about them, I would say, yeah, you know what? I've heard about that. And I actually know a guy who does it, but I don't know anything about it other than the fact that he seems to be killing it doing it those, right? I, I happen to have a friend who's doing some, some oil stuff right now that is, I mean, it is, even though oil is down, the dude is making a killing, hmm. on, especially from tax perspective. So, I mean... Look, if you're going to get on the radio and you're going to pay for airtime, I understand you want to sell some stuff. But when you get on there, and this should be for everybody, no matter what your widget is, if you dog out your competition to the point that it, that, that it makes you look unknowledgeable about the subject, yeah. it counteracts what you're trying to do. And it's, I agree. It just, it just, it just doesn't work. So, you know, and, I, and who knows? Maybe Mr. Man is going to find 
our podcast, Heather, and we will save him from himself. I don't know. (laughs) And if he does, let's just really briefly explain why it is that real estate is an investment. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I think sometimes it's just a misconception. Sometimes, of course, it's, you know, meant to dog real estate. But I think sometimes it's just a misunderstanding of the differences between stock and real estate. So, yeah, and I don't think this guy's I mean, he obviously wasn't trying to dog real estate because he said it was nice. (laughs) Yeah. And he mentioned it, right? Like he. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, he was talking about a specific person. So he had to mention it because they had a rental, they had rental property, oh. but he was de- like, I mean, he did say it was nice, which was, you know, I mean, that was a, so kind of him. <laughs> that was kind of him to, to say, but again, if I were that person and I had rental property and it had been returning good for me, just like the people who come to us with their stock portfolios that have been returning, you know, pretty decent returns. And I, and I said, well, that's nice, but it's this over here. That's actually going to make it so you can retire. They're looking at me like I'm a moron. Mm-hmm. That's a moronic thing to say. Yeah. That's <sighs> okay. So let's, so let's really quickly, let's go back over this really quick and just see if we can, I mean, I feel like, saying to help this guy out. Maybe I'll send him a, a, a email. <laughs> I'll send him an email to the episode. Uh, like, dude, stop it. Seriously. This is ridiculous. You got to stop doing this on the radio. Well, I Googled investment for a definition and it said the action or process of investing money for profit or material results. So I don't know how, yeah, I'm not sure how you can say it would, it would essentially be that you're doing it for fun, like buying a rental property for fun or giving someone else a place to live, right? Not necessarily looking for any sort of gain or profit. It would be, make it not an investment. So I, I don't the only, know. The only other reason the guy would have said what he said is that he doesn't understand that they actually do make a return. Mm. other than what market cycles are, right? Because right now we're, I mean, the both markets have been going up for over a decade, right? So stock market, real estate market, both been going up. So you could make an argument that right now is not potentially the best time to be buying real estate if you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Just like I could make an argument that, you know, at the top of the market, like I was actually telling people, it's the wrong time to be buying real estate or uh, buying stocks. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. There's there's one, two, three really big differences. <laughs> there's three really big differences in the two of those, though. So if I have money that I need to invest and I look at two charts and one of them is the real estate market and the other one is the stock market and they've both gone up for 10 years, I have to choose between the two of those. And those are my only two options. Well, then I have to take everything into account. Yeah. So if we take into account yield, both of them have a substantial chance of going down if the if the chart has been going up for 10 years straight. That's just true. Okay. Yeah. So then I have to look at what else, what else do I get from these? What, what do I get from stock market? Jack squat is what yeah. you get, yeah. right? You get a roller coaster ride, jack squat. You just have to strap in your seatbelt and hope that everything comes back at some point before you need the money and you have to cash out and actually pay for some things. Mm-hmm. Real estate, Heather, is not the same thing. No. You still have the same roller coaster ride, potentially, right? With your yield True. or your True. gain. But you also you also have the ability to affect change in your investment. You can be able to call the shots and make something better for yourself, turn the ship around, you know, fire somebody if they need to be fired. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you actually get to control the company? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you can do that in the stock market. I mean, you'd have to buy a lot of stock to be able to have that kind of pull, you know? Yeah. Exactly. All right, so you can affect change in the property. Yeah. Yeah. You, you own a hundred percent of it. It's yours. It's not like owned by you own a small portion, you know, so many presses. Now you'd have to buy a lot of stock to be able to do that too, right? To own a hundred percent of it. Ah, you'd have to buy a hundred percent of the stock, which I don't think most people can do. Yeah. 
again, not apples to apples here. Yeah. You can finance it. Stop it. <laughs> so you can leverage the thing too. Yeah. And well, can- what good does that do you if you're just on a roller coaster ride, Heather? Well, you have other rates of return in owning owning real estate, not just that's, that's really not fair. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's not fair. Not but really it's the happened. nice little, it's the, this is the nice little aside investment. And this nice little aside investment has a few other really cool qualities. Mm-hmm. And since you can leverage it, someone else is paying for it. But who? Who pays for the investment? Your tenant. Your, we used to call them our wealth accelerators. The tenant who is making, your, making the rent payment pays your, that rent payment pays your mortgage gives you more equity in your property. Okay. So let's just time out for a second. We've got a person in the the asset, right? So let's consider it a business, like a stock, right? So you bought some stock. So in this case, in this scenario, we bought hundred percent of the stock. We control it. We can actually do things to change the value of it. But for whatever reason, there's somebody in the company that is willing to just make payments <laughs> and pay for 80% of the price of all of the stock that I own which is really cool. So I only had to actually pay for 20% of the 100% of yeah. the stock that I own while someone else pays for it over time on fixed payments that right now are so freaking low that it's like we could short the dollar. That's in yeah. essence what we're doing. According to Warren Buffett, we're shorting the dollar. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. But we haven't even gotten to the best part yet. Those are all very, very cool things. <clears throat> but this cool person that's sitting in the property, well, what do they do for us? They pay rent. And what does rent do? This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to pay your mortgage payment plus give you a little bit extra at the end Stop of the month. Stop it. So I actually get a dividend? You get a dividend. I get a dividend month. every freaking month, which is fantastic. That dividend just happens to be, generally speaking, and unless you buy in an area you shouldn't, north of 10%. Mm-hmm. cash on cash return. Yeah. Just, just for an additional bump. Now, now I don't know. I don't know any stock that produces a 10% dividend on a consistent basis. I don't know any that do that. It's true. Certainly. I, I don't know any that do that and have a decent uh, chance of having some growth, but wait, there's, there's more. <laughs> well, having, having a stock that you can uh, take some depreciation against it and have some tax savings. Man, how cool is that? Like you own 100% of the stock. Someone else is paying for it. While they're paying for it, they're paying you for the opportunity to just be there, just to work there, right? Just they're paying you for the opportunity to work there. In addition, the government allows you to depreciate the value of the stock. Unbelievable. So now I get to use the write-offs from this really cool tax incentive that I have against the income that this cool person sitting in the company is paying me to be there. I get to, I get that income, but I don't have to pay any taxes on it because I get this other cool thing over here called depreciation that allows me to write off against it. So now I don't even have to pay any taxes on the income that I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I don't know any stock where you can do that. I don't know any where you can don't do that. And, it, and it's, I mean, even with, we haven't even talked about cost segregation in this, but accelerating oh. your depreciation is just oh. not, it's just not even fair to stocks. It's it kind of would hurt their feelings. It's disgusting how awesome it is. Yeah. Now, I was going to add too, that someone's going to pay it off for you too, right? So if you financed 80% of it, eventually that person sitting in the seat is also going to pay enough that it's going to pay it off. 
And then you have all of that, you know, 80% that you get to keep too, that you didn't pay for. Man. I mean, so there's four returns people, which we just made light of this poor guy who doesn't understand real estate at all. It, a rental property is a tiny little bit more than a nice little thing that isn't an investment Mm -hmm. and that probably won't help you retire. It's a little more than that because you not only get the gain that you would get from a stock anyway, gain or loss, the cool roller coaster ride, you still get that on both ends for being fair, but you also get cash flow, which is cash on cash return. You get principal reduction paid for by someone else, which is a return. Mm-hmm. You get tax benefits from our awesome government, which is also a return. And they can be massive depending on how the tax code gets changed. Right now, they're pretty dang cool. So all of that is a big, huge fat return. pH fat. It's pretty (laughs) hot and tempting. It's, it is pH fat. So let's talk for a second, just about the variable expenses. So in here, we've shared all those returns and there are a few things that can offset those returns and bring them down potentially a little bit. Vacancy and maintenance. So when the property- Wait a second, wait a second, time out. What? Are we going to share the downside to real estate right now? Yeah. Stop it. Should Mr. Investment Man do the same thing on his show with his stocks? I mean, I think it's the only way to do it. Probably, probably. All right, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's fine. I I think it's smart to prepare people for what- the what's possible on both ends, the positive and the negative, right? Because real estate has a huge positive and there, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and that's why people don't do it. But I think there's also a lot of fear of the negatives, why people don't do it. Sure. So I don't know of any, so just tell me what they are, Heather. (laughs) So the vacancy that you could have a tenant move out, right? And the property could sit vacant. I had this happen on one of mine that it went vacant just before Thanksgiving, like the week before Thanksgiving. Rough times. I, I had a really good property manager working on it for me. So I actually turned down two tenants in December for a ridiculous amount of pets. And so I ended up having a tenant in there the first week in January. And so I had that almost 45 day window where there was no tenant in the property, right? So I was paying the mortgage payment during that time. Now this is a small property. So the mortgage payment was like 500 bucks. So it didn't really hurt that bad. But you know, if you have several properties vacant at the same time, you could potentially have a month or two with, you know, negative negative cash flow, right? You don't get your dividend. But the other the other thing on that too is if the tenant moves out and you have to do a bunch of maintenance, you've got to, you know, put all brand new carpet in the house. You have your tenant security deposit to offset if they did damage to the property. But sometimes you have to reach into your own returns and pull that money back out. So that does happen, but man, over time, it's still, it still is way, way powerful to have four rates of return because you can, you know, have some write-off potential on some of the maintenance you do to the property and things to help offset too. So so you're, you're, you're mitigating your losses. Yeah. I think, you know, to, to Mr. Investment Man's credit, he does talk about mitigating risks, right? By, by diversifying your portfolio, which I agree. I just happen to think that real estate's a great way to diversify a, a portfolio, right? It's, it's, a, it's a fantastic way to diversify a stock, stock portfolio, get into another asset class. 
right? And then there's ways that you can diversify inside of real estate as well. So you could be very diverse. You can be diverse in real estate and diverse in stocks and you can spread your risk, right? Mm -hmm. Cool thing about diversification in real estate is that you still have a very high upside. Usually when you start to diversify in the stock market, you're just leveling out what your returns are by having high rate of return stocks and super safe ones and things in the middle. By the time you get done with all that, you've, you've kind of you just basically flattened off all the potential to have really good returns. Where in real estate, you can you can do that, mitigate risk, and still have significant returns because you're piling up four instead of one on every single asset that you have, right? And that's not to say that you shouldn't own any stocks. Again, that's, that's not that's not what that's. I mean, I have I have a son and a daughter who own stocks. I don't own any. And when I found out, I kind of felt like a failure of a parent. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm proud of them for investing, right? Especially both of them decided to invest when this when the market had that crazy dive. They both got in. And incidentally, they bought stocks that they thought were really trashed at the time that they thought would come back, mm. which was yeah. brilliant, you know? And anyway. I, I, I think I think as parents training your kids to see the potential and the opportunities available is mm-hmm. where I think the smart smart financial education comes in. So I would call that a win. Yeah, and neither one of them had enough money to go buy another real estate asset, right? So they did what they had the ability to do, which is which is which is really really smart. So yeah. I'm not a stock hater, but I am. Let's let's at least be fair about you know what we say and when we say it. Especially if we're going to, if we're going to get on a medium where we can, you know, reach a bunch of, where we can reach a bunch of people, let's at least be fair about it. Right. So I'm sure that at some point I'm going to stumble upon this dude again, and he will probably provide yet another episode of the Get Real podcast because he just can't help himself, I don't think. (laughs) But I, I loved it. So I like revisiting the four rates of return of real estate all the time. So no problem. And a little tiny bit of business. We just had a little tiny bit of business in there. So if you guys are out there, if you run a business, when people come in to buy whatever your widget is, don't dog your competition. Mm-hmm. Just tell everybody why your stuff is so great. Mm-hmm. And if you do a good job and your stuff really is better than the competition, then people will figure that out anyway. You don't have to, you know, if you're the Ford dealership and somebody comes in and they were talking about they were just down at the Nissan dealership, you don't have to dog Nissan out by name, start telling everybody about all of the horrible things about Nissan, and then try to sell a Ford. Tell everybody why your Ford is better than the Nissan. Tell yeah. them why they would want that particular widget more than they would want the other one, right? So if you have a podcast or if you're on Facebook or whatever, don't don't get on and take some guy's name and trash it all over the place and expect people to do business with you. That's not the way it works. And hopefully you guys can tell the difference, right? I didn't out this guy's name, but the concept of what he's doing is basically doing that. He's, he's downplaying everything about something else to make his thing look better. That's, you don't have to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Just lay it out there. And if you've got a good product, then people don't have to buy all of yours. You know, I have mm-hmm. a Ford, I have an Audi, I have a Harley, I have a Ducati. None of them have to be better than the other one, except for mine has to be better than my wife's is the only, that's the only difference. Other than that, nothing has to be better than the other one. It's just, I, we use them for different things, mm-hmm. right? So don't do that because it's a punk thing to do, Mr. Investment Man on your show. Real estate's just a good thing. <laughs> I love watching you riled up. It's my favorite. All right. So that's, uh, that's it folks, man. Just, just like us, like us, share us, you know, 
don't keep us a secret. We want to help as many people as we can understand the benefits of real estate. That's right. And with that, we will leave you until next week. Thanks, Ron. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.